Welcome to Home Design Chat with Nancy. Well, today is March 24th. We're just moving along towards summer. Everybody knows we come, we live in Arizona and uh, we enjoy the heat, not the real heat. So we're enjoying this part of the year. It's wonderful. Um, as you know, Home Design Chat covers everything having to do with the home. And my last podcast, I said we were going to talk about something having to do with tile because almost everybody... I would venture to say that 90% of the people I know have tile in their home. And our guest today is the expert in tile. Uh, Gil Ochea is the owner of Ceramica, which is a gorgeous showroom in Scottsdale. And I might add that there's something different about his showroom as compared to others, and we'll let him explain that. Welcome, Gil. Thank you, Nancy. Pleasure to be here with you. Uh, Well, uh, I'm dangling uh, the the carrot to, for people to wonder, what makes your showroom different? Great question. Um, we are t- exclusively to the trades. We are not open to the public. In fact, uh, unfortunately, the public aren't even allowed to come in and look around. And we offer very unique, very exotic, unusual type tile made of a variety of materials uh, that you can allow your imagination to run rampant. And more than likely, we either have made it can have it made, or can be really creative about producing tile products for your gorgeous home. Mm. Not to say that you don't have the standard tile. In other words, if somebody wants an exotic tile, but they want the field tile to be a plain tile, you have that as well. Correct. Uh, Most of our clients really come to us for things that are very unusual because they represent a clientele who wants something that is really outside of the normal pedestrian type products you would find in big box places or other type of tile suppliers. So uh, the location of the showroom is in Scottsdale. So if people live anywhere near the Scottsdale area and they would like to go into the showroom, they have to have uh, a designer with them or they have to be working with a designer. Otherwise, you're out of luck, right? Uh, (laughs) Yes, that's the short version of it the elaborated is that it has to be a designer that's actually registered with us Um, it just makes things much easier for us to understand what we're going to be providing in terms of information for the our clients customer the homeowner such as pricing lead time availability things of that nature and today in this uh, environment uh, anybody that shows up must have an appointment and must be Uh, properly masked in compliance with COVID CDC requirements and guidelines. Which, by the way, changes all the time, but I just want to throw that in. Right, yeah. (laughs) But your showroom uh, doesn't change per se, although you're constantly adding new and beautiful items to your showroom, to your collection. That's a great point. Um, We constantly scour any products that are going to be out of production or will be discontinued or that a vendor might be actually going out of business. And then we feed that information back to whoever's checked out or has specified that particular product to make certain that they're not going to get caught in a crack with a future project or future, uh, future design. Well, today we're going to talk about maintaining and cleaning your tile, but I wanted to ask a question that has nothing to do with cleaning and maintaining. It seems that 
when we do a tile job, and we do buy extra tiles so that in case there's a broken tile or chip tile or whatever, you always get about 10% more product. But invariably, as soon as the tile is laid, it seems to be discontinued. So therefore, what would you suggest as sort of a, um, a padding of supplies? In other words, you have your room or your house or whatever completed. Say you only have five tiles left. Would you suggest that the homeowner, through the designer or the contractor, have enough tiles in case they want to tile another room in the future or if something happened? Um, this seems to be just like a given because every time I do a tile job and then I go look for the tile, it's, it's uh, discontinued. Yeah, great question, and it's a, a typical plight that homeowners and contractors face on a project-by-project project basis. So the general accepted waste factor, or what is terminally called how much more do I order than what the job requires, can vary depending upon the pattern and the design. It will float from anywhere from 5% overage to 20% overage, and that's just for the project itself. That does not include anything that you might want to put into your garage, sometimes also referred to as attic stock. And depending upon the comfort factor of the homeowner and the suggestion of the tile installer, the contractor, an additional 10% is not, out, not outlandish, it's actually recommended. What would really dictate and determine that, Nancy, is going to be how often do you use the particular area with the tile? Is it subjected to any abuse? Uh, for instance, if it's going to be a kitchen backsplash, it's going to probably get subjected to pots, pans, uh, small appliances, things of that nature, as opposed to maybe a fireplace surround, uh, which is not going to get any abuse whatsoever. Or a shower surround, tub surround. Tub surround, a shower is going to get more than likely some daily uh, abuse and various levels of abuse. So there depending upon the amount of tile that has been installed, uh, my recommendation is purchase another 10% for replacement purposes. And along those lines, if, and I've had clients say this, well, we're thinking next year we're going to tile this other room. And I keep telling them, well, buy the tile now because you're not going to find it in a year. So if you have any plans to tile another area, stock up on your tile. Right, Gil? That's true. Uh, for most of the main street type of products, um, outside of what we at Ceramica carry, for most of the main street products, whether it's ceramic or porcelain, there is a shelf life, a lifetime or a half life, as it were, with respect to those products. And it could be anywhere from a couple of years, but typically it's in the four-year range before the manufacturer starts to see the sales drop off and they say, okay, time to kill this one and reintroduce a new one. Well, here's the thing um, that people might not know. They purchase the tile. It might be on the shelf for three years. It has one more year. In two years, they go to look for it, and it's not around. So can they get the information like, hey, when did this tile come out? So they get a, an idea of how long it's going to be in the marketplace. That information is available. Um, what difficulty most people are going to face is how supportive, how assistive, and how adroit is going to be the person that's working with you. 
Mm-hmm. If they are lazy and don't want to go search for that information, you're going to get a pat answer. Yeah. Uh, so if you really want that information, you need to be diligent about who you're asking and get that information for, for your purchasing purposes. Well, I guess we should get to the subject at hand, the one that a lot of people are interested in, because like I said, oh, probably more than 90% of the people I know have tile. Now, how do you clean it? How do you maintain it? Where do we start, Gil? Well, let's talk about just a few basic things. Um, first and foremost, water does a pretty good job of just cleaning general tile, um, and it, but it depends upon the tile. For ceramic and porcelain and glass, um, and some stone, water will just basically clean up any simple spotting. dirt, spotting, yeah. things of that nature. Um, however, I very much am a proponent to having a what's called a pH neutral. That is where the acidity and the alkalinity of the solution or the water is neutral. And neutral is basically 7.2 uh, on a scale of zero to 10, where the lower the number basically means it's more acidic, the higher the number means that the solution is more alkaline. You want it to be neutral. Some water isn't, and some water is. Um, a simple solution of liquid dish soap is an exception. There are some exceptions of using that for porcelains and ceramics, which can clean the, the surface relatively well. Are however, all dish soaps the same? No. It's, oh. However, um, if that liquid dish soap has colorants, that colorant mm-hmm. could actually stain the grout and or the tile itself. So if it's a clear natural dish soap, um, huh. more than likely it would work. My guidance there is test it in an inconspicuous area to make certain it's not going to cause a stain or a problem. Well, I didn't know that. I always buy Dawn. It comes in purple. That's my favorite color. (laughs) And uh, it cuts grease. But I never thought of uh, possibly it being too alkaline or too acetic or staining. Hmm, That's a good point. The other thing is that many people will go off and just use this mild solution of bleach or vinegar uh, or a popular glass cleaner out there made very popular by a movie called My Big Fat Greek Wedding, Uh, all of which are verboten. You cannot, do not, will not use any of those materials on tile, especially the grout. What happens is that those those components, vinegar, bleach, and window cleaner, uh, will attack the grout. The grout uh, is basically a cement-based product that keeps the tile in place. Uh, along with what's called thin set, that's the adhesive that goes on the back of the tile and it keeps the tile attached to the substrate. Mm-hmm. So vinegar, bleach, and any glass cleaner whatsoever is not allowed. Do not use it at all. Some people will use it and and swear by it, but I tell you, you're just asking for trouble. What happens? It breaks down the grout? Yes, it actually breaks down the adhesive component in the grout. So grout has some cement, sand, and colorant. The cement is what gets atta- becomes attacked by the vinegar or bleach or the glass cleaner. That's a good point because I have tile with grout 
And one day I noticed that my cleaning lady was using a forbidden product to clean my tile. Now, if everybody out there realizes or knows what their cleaning people are doing, what they're using, maybe they should check and explain and educate their cleaning people because a lot of them don't know this. Yes. And you can find a very acceptable cleaner for tile and grout at the big box locations. Uh, just ask a few questions and make certain that you are not purchasing anything that's gonna be highly acidic or caustic. Um, and for the most part, if it reads on the label that it's pH neutral or specifically designed for mm -hmm. tile and grout, then for the most part, it's going to comply and gonna do the job that you want, which is to clean the grout and or the mm -hmm. surface of the tile. Well, that's a good thing to know. Okay, so now that we know what my cleaning lady should not have been using, <laughs> what? Uh, let's talk about the specific tiles, the different kinds of tiles. Uh, ceramic and porcelain, what's the difference there? For the general layperson, there really isn't a, a, a difference. Um, it's more technical than anything else. Ceramic tile is a fired product, clay that's been fired at some temperature to give it its rigidity and the, the glaze on the surface. Porcelain is just fired at a much higher temperature and has a higher purity of sand. So the component in porcelain is more sand, where the component that makes up tile in ceramic is a clay. Do all porcelain tiles have the color going all the way through or not? Good question. That's called uh, through body. That technique or technology is called through body. Um, not all porcelains are made the same, just like not all ceramic tile are made the same, just mm -hmm. like any tile, not all are made the same. Various qualities, various components of, of production. So when it comes to through body, which relates to the color itself, that's the color you see on the surface, uh, if it goes completely through the tile from front to back, that's called 100% through body. If it goes only through a certain percentage, generally just the first sixteenth to eighth of an inch of the tile, then of course it's not through body. The purpose and reason for the market introducing that was to cut down on cost. Why would you pay for the cost of the color to go through the entire tile when you don't see it on the backside once it's been installed? Well, it sure helps with chipping if you have a situation where somebody drops something on your porcelain tile and it's through body. You won't notice the chip as much as if the color is only on the surface, right? Correct, which is why most manufacturers have, have chosen to have the color penetrate the surface by about an eighth of an inch. Any more than that, if something is dropped on the porcelain tile, it's probably going to break it or crack it. So through body, it wouldn't make any difference. You're going to have to replace the tile. Okay, so here comes a good question. Your whole room is done, completed, and somebody drops something and cracks a tile. I know you're not a tile installer, but do you think they could replace that one tile in the middle of the room, and would it be obvious? Yeah, that's time to replace that tile and possibly replace that friend. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's, it's, it's a challenge. It can be done easily. A good tile contractor can actually go in, isolate that tile, remove it, and replace it with another tile. Hence, the attic stock, why you want to have some material right. in your attic or in your closet or in your garage in the event you have one of these mishaps. 
truthfully, when I go into a house that has just been purchased and they want to change something, the first question I ask is, did the previous owner tell you they have extra tile? And I'll usually get, yeah, we found four in the attic, four, you know, big deal. So when you're buying a house and there's tile and you don't want to replace the tile, ask them at that time before you buy if there's any extra tile. I think that's a good point from my, yeah. my point of view. Yeah, yeah, it is. So stone, uh, what is a stone tile? Stone tile has probably been popularized by something called travertine. Uh, and the travertine, to, like anything, it's graded into different levels of quality. Um, most inexpensive travertine, readily available stone tile that comes in a variety of sizes, anywhere from 12 inch by 12 inch up to 40, 48 inches by 48 inches. Um, that's one heavy tile. That's one heavy tile. And it's generally yeah. much thicker. Once it gets beyond 24 inches by 24 inches, it goes from about three-eighths of an inch thick and about 40 pounds to three-quarters of an inch thick and about 110 pounds, uh, which would require more labor to install. But when it comes to stone tile itself, the most popular that's out there is travertine, and then there's the next popular is marble and limestone and so on and so forth. Uh, right now, white marble, uh, Carrera and Calacata are very, very popular in the consumer marketplace. Uh, they have a tendency to take on stains much more readily than ceramic or porcelain. The ceramic and porcelain and glass tile behave somewhat similar where the surface is sealed off. It really rebuffs any type of liquid spill or grease or grime or anything of that nature, whereas stone doesn't. But stone is usually sealed, right? Stuck. Any and all tile products come from the manufacturer and when they're, when they're purchased are not sealed. Right. There, are few, there are, are a few exceptions, but really when it becomes sealed is upon installation. Right. Uh, some tile contractors slash installers will provide that service. Most of them do not. They allow that to be done by another expert supplier or provider. So if you're a homeowner getting stone, uh, marble, um, travertine, Carrera, you have to definitely get it sealed. Now, once it's sealed, how do you clean it? Clean it with the same pH neutral material product that's available from the stone supplier or where you purchased the, the tile itself. There are some great products out in the marketplace. Name brands uh, aren't as important as uh, the fact that they are pH neutral and they are specifically developed for that particular stone or ceramic or porcelain. There is not one catch-all general cleaner that will apply to any and all material. The materials behave differently and so do the cleaners. Mm. Well, I'm thinking stone in a shower. That's probably the place that would get the most abuse as far as uh, body grime, shampoo, and whatever. How do you suggest that they clean shower floors? The very first thing is prevention. And it, any and all stone must be sealed with a commercial-grade sealer. And if it's not sealed, you're going to run into a variety of problems. Stone is porous. It acts kind of like a sponge. It'll absorb water and moisture. 
and it makes it much more difficult for that water and moisture once it's been absorbed to, to evaporate. If it doesn't evaporate readily and in a quick time frame, you can run into a problem with something called mold. And that can be really problematic for a person's you know, residence. Once it's been sealed properly, cleaning it again would go back to this pH neutral cleaner, readily available in, in just about anywhere where you're gonna find tile that's for sale. And again, it's cleaner that's specifically made for stone. Once, and follow the manufacturer's directions. The, uh, I have had excellent results with a number of different brands that I've tested in my showroom. As long as you follow the directions, you'll have great results. Oh, the, the stone in the shower is probably my biggest problem because, I mean, let's talk about grout. If you go with a dark grout, it's going to show uh, the lime in the water or chemicals in the water. How would you get that out? Is there such a thing as using a scrub brush in your shower on your grout? There is. Depending upon the usage, the quality of the water, the products that are being used in the shower or the bath, hair product, thing, soaps, things of that nature. A maintenance of uh, some frequency in my, in my household, we do it once a month. And it's just a quick use of a um, stiff bristle brush. I use a light solution of baking soda, hydrogen peroxide, and create a uh, kind of a slimy consistency and I'll use that on the grout and or the tile if, there, if I see any splot, spotting or any staining. Um, the baking soda and the hydrogen peroxide work very well together. It ends up being a neutral solution and it does a great job by cleaning the grout and the surface. I think, uh, would it matter if they sealed their tile maybe um, three times all at once so they have a heavier coat of sealing on it? You know, it's a great question. Uh, in many cases, depending on the manufacturer, more does not mean better. Uh, oh. Most manufacturers have an application of maximum two coats, and there's a reason and rationale for that. Um, predominantly is that is the more you add, the less effective it actually becomes because the succeeding layers or coats uh, dilute the coat that is underneath. So follow the manufacturer's guidelines and uh, instructions and you will not fail. The key really is to use a commercial grade sealer. Uh, if you purchase a do-it-yourself sealer, most of the time those have been uh, made for the general do-it-yourself DIY marketplace, and they're not going to have the full strength capability and capacity as the commercial grade. Good to know. Okay, boy, time is going quickly. You are a plethora of information. Uh, let's talk about grout. Grout joints, um, they seem to, well, grout itself seems to just suck dirt into it, no matter how much I seal it. Uh, what do you think about steam cleaning your grout? Actually, it's a very effective process for cleaning grout, uh, especially grout that has not been sealed. If the grout has been sealed, and it should be, all grout, all stone tile should be sealed. If it's not, it will absorb moisture. When the moisture evaporates, it leaves behind the dirt or the grime or the grease that, that uh, was in that solution. On floors especially, 
if you're using a microfiber cloth or a sponge mop or something of nature, it acts like a squeegee when it when it uh, is applied against the grout in the floor or on the counter or on the backsplash. That grout joint itself will just absorb with the moisture. And once the moisture evaporates, what's left behind is what you're going to see. Mm. Well, again, not to um, say anything negative about my cleaning lady, but I noticed that my grout was pretty clean and she would just take a mop and just kind of wash it, wash my grout and then rinse the mop in the water and then wash the grout, rinse the mop. And I noticed that the the water, she wasn't changing the water a lot. So the grout, like you said, acted as a sponge and it sucked that dirty water into the grout, which doesn't look very well. But uh, hey, a what good, are you going to do? Good sealing at the time of installation will prevent lots of issues and problems. And that's something that's overlooked in most tile installations is just actually sealing it once the tile has been installed and cured after a few days and having it sealed properly with a good commercial sealer will alleviate so many of these issues that we're talking about that become apparent months after the installation only because the floor or the wall or the counter was not sealed. Right. Now, a lot of people ask if the ceramic or porcelain tile has to be sealed. No, it doesn't have to be sealed, but the grout does. And luckily, the look now is a tight grout joint, right? Correct. Tight grout joint being like a sixteenth of an inch. Typically, it's an eighth of an inch. Mm -hmm. And uh, even if it's porcelain or ceramic, that grout needs to be sealed. Right. Yeah. Wow, this has been a lot of information. I know you have to go in a couple of minutes. I just want to talk about my wonderful sponsors, uh, Thermador. Uh, Thermador offers two collections. Their beautiful masterpiece collection is a modern design for every kitchen, while the professional collection is a professional-grade design where you can experience restaurant-style quality in your home. If you want to learn more about Thermador, you can go to Thermador. Dot com. And Monogram is another one of my sponsors. Now, both of them are appliances, and they both have wonderful, great appliances. The look is different. Um, there's a lot of different things. You have to experience both of them by going into appliance showrooms and possibly asking a lot of questions and cooking a lot, um, using uh, them to demonstrate the appliances before you purchase Monogram also offers two different collections. One is the minimalist collection and the other one is the statement collection. Both of them are beautiful, just like Thermador. All these appliances are gorgeous. I have used all of them. I'm happy with them, and that's why I chose to have them sponsor me. If you want more information on Monogram, just go to monogram.com. And remember, I am a kitchen designer, so I sort of know what I'm talking about. Sort of, right? <laughs> I've you... seen your designs, and I have been extremely impressed, which is why I recommend you when it comes to kitchens and more. It's well, not... thank you. You're welcome. Uh, do you have any uh, parting shots on uh, maintenance for tile? I know yeah. that's, you know, picking the tile is people get overwhelmed. Uh, doing the uh, design for the tile, that's something hopefully they work with their designers on. But maintenance, that is very important because the beautiful tile isn't going to remain beautiful if it's not maintained correctly, right? Correct. Yeah, the, 
takeaway here from this podcast is seal your tile after the tile has been cured, after installation and been cured. Uh, spot clean as you go along. Avoid the misconception that uh, sealing is going to prevent any staining whatsoever. All it does is slow it down. And follow the product manufacturer's guidelines and instructions and you won't go wrong. There's three things that keep tile in place. Um, it's grout, gravity, and God. With one of those fail, you're going to have a problem with your tile. If you properly maintain it, all three will work together. One more quick question. How often should they seal? That is really dependent upon usage. So on a floor, if it's high traffic, you're going to have to seal a little more frequently. Like in a, a shower. Shower. Definitely. If it's used daily, then uh, again, depending upon the product, the water condition, things of that nature. There's a nice test that you can be performed. You look at the tile from an angle, mm -hmm. and if it looks cloudy, um, assuming that the tile's been cleaned, if it still looks cloudy, more than likely the, the sealant itself is worn off at that, in that particular area. And we're talking stone on that, right? It can be stone, yes. Um, and when it comes to just ceramic showers, porcelain showers, my recommendation there, if it's used daily by more than one party, then have it sealed every year. Cleaned first and then sealed. Good point. Well, thank you, Gil, for giving us the lesson on maintenance and cleaning, because I think this is very important. I, and thank you again. You're welcome. <laughs> and have a good weekend. Um, hope you enjoyed today's show. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the platform that you're using to listen to these podcasts. As I keep saying, you can find these podcasts on uh, Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, you name it. I think I've got it on every one of them. Don't forget to share them with your friends, especially your friends today who have Tile. This was a lot of information, and you should share it. Uh, you want to make your tile look beautiful as long as possible, so follow what Gil says. If you want to learn more about me, you can go to nancyhugo.com. And if you have any questions for me or for Gil, especially for Gil, email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. I want to just say real quick that my second podcast, which I do weekly with Dan, he's my nerdy son. I'm his creative mom, and we talk about everything and anything not having to do with design. So it's hugofloss.co. Uh, Hugo Floss is, like I said, a weekly podcast, and you could also contact me if you want to be a guest and you have something to say, and we won't censor you, I promise. I want everybody to stay safe, have a great day, and definitely wear your mask. Let's get rid of this pandemic once and for all. Bye.